received the the book earlier this week, and I was telling um, some of the Abrams folks that you know I was a little I was, I was overwhelmed because you know I've, I've got the I've got all the the fan, well a bunch of the Fantagraphics collections, right? Uh, and I, I guess I expected the the dimensions to be similar, and I opened it up, and this is just it's it's huge, it's big. Yep. It's it, how. I mean, is this was this how how closely do you work with them in terms of like you know final dimensions and things like that? Um, I and also you know I did a peanuts book earlier yeah. too, yeah, which was closer to the other size, right? The, yeah. Well, I mean, to be perfectly honest, uh, my book came out, and yeah. then the fanographics book Fair came enough. out, and that's fine, that's fine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we were we had a lot of discussion uh me and charlie kochman my editor about you know what format and i mean really when you when you do a peanuts book to me horizontal just wins you know even though you think oh i was thinking vertically at first yeah and then you just start working with the artwork and you realize it's it's gonna it's going to be showcased best in, sure. a, in a, on a horizontal format. It's the, it's the way the strips run. But we definitely, I definitely wanted to go larger on yeah. this one, um, and uh, I, I is it nine? I can't even remember. I, it's either nine by twelve, or I was shooting for nine by twelve, and we scaled it down a little bit. Yeah. Um, for uh, for price point reason. We wanted to keep oh, it under forty. Oh, this bucks. is the scaled back version I'm looking at right now. I think so. <laughs> um, can you grab that? Oh one? yeah, sure. We need a prop. Yeah, I mean, I could verify it. Oh, that's okay. I, I, no, no, no. It's it's okay. This is like my standard vertical for things like Batman collected or mythology um, is nine by twelve. Yeah. I think this is. The twelve might be, but I think it's a little bit. It might be eight by twelve. I it's don't know. It, it, it's interesting, but, you know. But yes, I wanted it to feel yeah. big and substantial. Well, you know, you're a you're a, a designer by, by by trade, so you. I mean, you, you think you think differently, I assume, than you know a, a lot of artists when it comes to sort of the book a, a, as package and how everything kind of fits together. I mean, you're mm-hmm. thinking very specifically with with those dimensions in mind. Yes. The, the yes, fl- and it was also. Um, I designed it for various reasons. I laid it out mostly very small. Mm. Um, and uh, knowing that, you know, that the impact then when, when it becomes actual size is really, yeah. is really uh, considerable. Are you? Are, are you, do you feel like you're actively kind of working against, um, you know, the, the the push towards digital at this point? In, insofar as like creating absolutely. an object for people, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's been. A, I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not waging any kind of sort of sure. vocal conscious war against eBooks. It's I it's just, one you might not win ultimately. Well, no, but I just have no interest in eBooks, sure. and as long as I'm able to do things like this. Yeah. I'm going to do things like this. Um, I honestly couldn't even tell you if this is available at an, as an ebook. That's up to Abrams yeah. or the Peanuts people or whoever. If they, as, And as far as I'm concerned, they can obviously do whatever they want. Sure. Uh, I'm just not interested in it. 
Yeah. That's not what I look at books for. Yeah. Yeah. Are, are you are you are you thinking about? I, I was talking to. I had um, uh, Art Spiegelman on a while ago. And we talked about about this because you know he's he's sort of done similar things in terms of like create you know creating the the book as as the object. Um, and you know one of the things I spoke with him about that I thought was interesting is thinking about how people are ultimately reading the book. So you know, and and I guess I guess the ideal position for reading a comic is in bed on your back holding it up. A comic? Yeah, I guess. I mean, <laughs> I don't know about a comic specifically but yes reading in bed yeah. is, in general is a good thing do, I mean do you, do you think of it about these as, as sort of as, as coffee table books I mean where do, you, where do you ultimately think of these as living yeah uh, uh, well as somebody who has a modest sized one bedroom apartment in, in New York City yeah. Um, yeah personally I have to I'm at a point where I have to be very careful about like curating well, and also, you know, if I if I buy a, an oversized book, I mean, I, it's got to be something that's really important to me yeah. because I'm, yeah. I've got very limited space. Yeah. So, um, with this, I mean, uh, I don't I don't think so much about the you know where are people going to put it so much as you know what's the experience going to be like when they're looking yeah. at it or reading it or. So, so, I mean, in a sense, and, and yeah, I mean, obviously, as a New Yorker, I can relate to this, and I've, this is like kind of the ultimate first world problem, but, you know, right. every time I move, a little bit goes away, so it's become a more and more curated library as, as I've gone along, but I, but I guess, you know, it, this is sort of, ends up being kind of like a one-stop shop for people, I mean, this is, the, the goal here is to kind of be as definitive as you can get in a single volume, for right. people who are interested in Schultz and Peanuts. Well, yes, and for people who really want to see what the original art looked like. Yeah. And you, it's really... I've been looking um, at a lot of the collections, uh, you know, the collected strip books, and I have to say, it is pretty alarming how bad the reproduction is, hmm. even back then. And, and, and I think, Oh, you're talking like the paperbacks, like the early... Uh, yeah, yeah, just the quote... Happiness in, is a warm puppy. Well, and way before that. Yeah. I mean, uh, the first collected oh, strips. Um, and he... Sh- uh, Schultz was... Um, part of the reason he drew the way he did yeah. was that he could never be sure of the print quality in a newspaper. Or the size. Uh, uh, or the size. And he really wanted it to work yeah. regardless of of that. Um, and so, you know, with this book, you really get a very clear idea of, um, you know, what these marks that he made on paper really looked like yeah. before they got shipped off to, to the newspaper or to the syndicate. Um, and there is, I mean, I've always been, I mean, it... Even back to my first book, Batman Collected, um, in 1996, I made a point of showing a couple of really good key pieces of original art, you know, from the 40s, from the 60s, from the 70s, up through Dark Knight, and and, um, because you just, and really trying to replicate that experience 
of seeing mm-hmm. the originals. There really isn't anything quite like yeah. it. Seeing the mistakes and mistakes, uh, you get, especially with um, with this book, uh, the Schultz book. You get a sense of sort of how he's processes and how his thinking is, especially with the stuff that he started and then abandoned. Yeah. Well, you know the the the, you know, the kind of the, when people talk about Schultz's art, it's it's sort of about you know about how minimalist it is. Um, was there, was there anything that surprised you when you actually went back and looked at him, as far as like how much you know pencil he put down on paper? Um, did he make did he make mistakes? Did he seem to have a pretty clear idea of exactly what he wanted to draw when he started drawing? Well. Um I think his his process evolved as the drawing sure. evolved, and I think um, at first uh, he did pencil everything. He always started with the lettering first, um, but then it got to the point where it was just so part of his being that he didn't need to pencil anymore. Yeah, and he would just he would go straight to ink. It's that's interesting. Hmm. Did, did he? I mean, you, you you spoke with with Gene, and obviously you spent a lot of time around his stuff. And th- this is peanuts as much as anything you've worked on was. You know, I, I get the sense that it was intended to kind of be an ethereal thing, at least at first, right? I mean, it's it's for the newspaper. It's a daily strip. Um, did 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 he strike you as somebody who? thought about legacy thought about these things you know being in a in a book you know 10 20 years after he passed that is a really good question he was de- he definitely took what he did very very seriously yeah. um in as much as it's whimsical or funny uh i think he he really aspired to the level of literature now whether he would claim he achieved that I don't know yeah I mean he was always very um, self-deprecating yeah. in a way yeah. uh, but I think I think he definitely had an eye on creating a substantial body of work mm-hmm. and I think as it went on you know it as, as he liked to say it wasn't an instant success it was only in eight newspapers when it started yeah uh, and I, that's true, but it 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 grew very quickly, and then, you know, by the late 1950s, it was really a big deal, and then the 60s was was it all went to another level that I think they he could not have foreseen. Yeah, but he was very. I mean, it took him by surprise, but he he didn't drop the ball, as it were. Yeah. You know, he yeah. it, he really he hired some really really good people to to help with the licensing, um, while he insisted that he and only he would actually draw the strip ever. And when he was gone, that would stop. Yeah. 
it was really important for him to, to be in, in direct control of, of, of the strip. Uh, I, this is something that I've been thinking about uh, lately, you know, as this as as the movie is, is coming out. And, you know, there's always every time something like that happens, there's some sort of visceral reaction there, you know, people who are nostalgic for, for, for the old thing. But it seemed like um, even though he wanted to be in control, he never seemed sort of too precious about the past. I mean, you know, obviously it's a very, very much, much a constantly evolving strip. I mean, it's a, a completely different strip, at least uh, aesthetically, than it was when it started. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure what the question well, is. Well, I think... You know, he was extremely involved with the first two television specials, yeah. which, you know, by and, by and large are considered the yeah. best. Yeah. Uh, Rightfully so. And I would agree with that. But I think, you know, obviously as things grew and then, and then they were doing feature films and, and um, TV specials about just about anything you could imagine... I think he he obviously just made peace with that is yeah. that, um, you know the Broadway show and he he kind of left it to the people to to do that and I'm sure he vetted everything they were doing. He would not want the characters to behave in sure. a way that he did not approve of. Yeah. But, but beyond that, he was very busy drawing the strip. He, he didn't. I, I guess he didn't seem like a particularly nostalgic person. That's a really good question. I think in some ways he definitely was. Yeah. Um, the whole uh, and and this is this is well documented. But the whole Mister Sack series in the seventies, nineteen seventy four. That's all about his time in the army during World War Two. Yeah. So is that nostalgic? Mm. It doesn't feel that way, but technically, I guess it is. You know, if you, I mean, there's, there's, you know, there's so much of his childhood sure. and his life yes, yeah. in in the strip. Yeah. But, I mean, personally, I don't have a problem with nostalgia anyway, as long sure. as it's interesting. Yeah, it's 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 it must it, it must be sort of surreal though, you know, going to the. Uh the museum in Santa Rosa and it's just this whole I, I've been I, I unfortunately haven't actually been yet but it's just this, this entire thing devoted to one person's output in a yes. sense yeah it is, it is extraordinary and the staff was extraordinary I mean the experience we had is, is yeah. not you know one that I think many people sure get to have that, that unless they are working on a specific project for them yeah um Certainly, you can't walk in off the street and, and go to, to the vault, basically, yeah. which is what we did. But um, it was so interesting. Like, I didn't quite know what to expect uh, in terms of... Because doing the first book I did was, was literally like a scavenger hunt. Mm. And it was the summer of 2000. He had died the previous January. And a lot of things were in relative disarray. Yeah. But they wanted us to do what we wanted to do. And, and it was a much more... You worked with the estate the first time around? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yes. Um, and, uh, and, you know, I thought what we came up with was, was really interesting. Um, but this time, 
you know, I don't know, the mountain came to Muhammad or whatever yeah. you want to say. It, yeah. it, everything was in one place. And all we had to do was think things up. And so we had asked them to pull a bunch of stuff ahead of time. But then by the third day, they would, the, the staff would say, you know, I pulled this and this because I thought you might be interested in it. Well, it was some get well card that he made for a friend's mother yeah. in the 50s with all the Peanuts characters there. And it's like, yes, absolutely. It's as one of a kind as it gets. Amazing. Yeah. But, the, you know, like here's a drawing of these characters when he's really getting his momentum and it's beautiful and and otherwise would not have been seen. So so, so the, the, the process is you go there, you take everything all, all at once and then you spend the time winnowing it down? Well, uh, in this case, um, having as much surface space as possible is really important, which yeah. may sound silly or not. Sure. But uh, the more you can spread stuff out and like consider it, all, and then, but always when Jeff Spear, the photographer, and I do a, one of these books, I have to make sure that I get him up and running as soon as possible, which is which basically involves making a, our own little miniature photo studio yeah. within whatever space we're in, yeah. and and getting him going on a bunch of stuff that will you know keep him occupied for a while, and then I can go and look at other things. And and also, again, my uh, the editor Charlie Kochman was very much on site. And I, I mean, he, you know, we he should really share an author credit yeah. because he really, really helped. He's got an encyclopedic knowledge of all this stuff, and he really helped shape, you know, what was going to be in it and how it would flow. And I mean, it, it. I mean, it had to flow chronologically. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, but um, and and Jeannie. Schultz, she had a couple things in her personal collection that um, she very sweetly volunteered. Um, so, what, but when does it turn from um, scavenger hunt to actual book? At, at what point does it start actually congealing into a real thing? Oh, I mean, I, I mean, you have to keep in you know mind while you're shooting. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not like a movie where we're going to go back and do reshoots. I mean, we could have, but, yeah. it, you know, no. <laughs> Don't have that kind of budget. So, you know, we sh- we shot for a solid week. And, you know, and by day seven, you have to sit and think, all right, did we get it all? Yeah. Did we get everything that we need? Yeah. And, uh, and we felt that we had. I, the, the cover is, is fantastic. You know, I... I can't even imagine how many different cover options you must have gone through before landing on this one. It's, it looks like a plush, close up on a plush. Well, that's funny because, yeah, I think it it does sort of look plush, but it's um, it's paper. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, the, the concept for this cover was always, in my mind, was always this. The question was going to be, which Charlie Brown yeah. face do you use? Um because there are five decades of them. Um, and what we ultimately decided was this was this is a hyper close-up of his personal stationery. Ah. 
And you'll see in here, we have a couple examples of it. Um, but I figured, I figured if he chose this one for his private stationery, yeah, it must have been good. Then he, well, then, or he must have, <laughs> he liked it. Yeah. And so, you know that that, and it and it really worked, and it looked great, and that that's that informed how we did it. Um, there. Oh wow! That's it. Okay. Um. So it's a, it's just it's a drawing of it's, Charlie it, Brown and Snoopy at the bottom. Yeah, and um, and with the the kite wrapped yeah. around the doghouse, and he. I don't know the official dates that he used it from when to when, but um, he certainly used it all throughout yeah. the '60s. This is a '68 post dated on right. It. There's a, there's a couple letters in here that yeah. have that. Now for my introduction, you know, that's I chose later, that. Yeah. That's that's later. Um, it looks like it looks like that's just sort of a sketch too, not a final. I think it, I think it was final. Okay, but again, he's a little bl- shaky, a little shaky up. toward the end. Right. Yeah. So, but yes, that was that was a question. You know, there's ten d- zillion Charlie Brown faces to choose from. How Are you do you looking pick at one? every single one? And just I was looking to... at a lot of yeah. them. Um, but but again, like Charlie had really good input on it, and by the, by the end of the week, while we were shooting there two summers ago, I mocked this up on the computer and showed it to Jeannie, showed it to Paige Braddock. Who is still there at Creative oh, yeah. Associate? Yeah, and so we we got them on board with it right away. the The idea was just to I, again, again, I get, and this is really sort of like true to, I think Schultz as an artist, but the idea is to get the point across in as few lines as possible to really distill this into what's it there's one two three four five like six lines right on that and and you know the minute you look at it that that's charlie brown right um and the other thing was there are 10 zillion peanuts books out there and yeah. there uh and there will be more and that is fine but none of them look like this yeah and that was i a i was lucky that nobody had done this before and B, I was lucky that everybody approved it. Yeah. Because, you know, for them, it's a little radical. There, there are no words on There's it. There's no words on the front. It's not immediately clear. Right. Unless you know Charlie Brown, which, fortunately, pretty much everybody does. Right. Right. Do, so, do you work digitally at all? Or you? Well, I work digitally in terms of I put it together on okay. in InDesign. Yeah. But I, I'm not a big believer in... Um, you know, photoshopping stuff out. Like, yeah. you know, here here is a, yeah. a, a lot of the strips were gifts that he had signed and given to people who gave them back to the uh, to the museum. We almost always kept the inscriptions there. But that I mean that 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 just makes sense within the context of the book, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, th- when you say, "Do I work digitally?" I mean, every graphic designer works yeah. digitally, but sure. but uh, I'm a but I am a print guy. Yeah, you know, I don't design websites and I don't design motion graphics and 
I'm sure glad somebody does, but yeah. but that's not what I do. It's it's nice because it seems like you know at the same time you know we're 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 sitting in the Abrams booth. They're doing a, a really good job, but you know they're they're sort of I think moving in a similar direction as as you are in so far as um, I don't know if backlash is the right word, but <laughs> giving somebody a a reason to buy a print version of a book. Yeah. No, I. I I don't think it's a backlash at all. It, it's we're just doing what we've always been yeah. doing, and uh, but, the, and, and but the maybe there's more of a drive to 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 create the book as an object. Well, yeah, because we want to keep our job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, but I, I have a deep abiding love of of books as physical objects, yeah. and and um, and also I. One of my sound bites is I don't want to create design that can be turned off with a switch. When the power goes out, these these are when still... When the power goes out, you can light a candle and yeah. read your book. Yeah. Any, uh, I hate to ask this question, but I feel like I, feel, I, feel like I, I just want to know the answer. It's a little bit hacky, but I'm very curious. Um, any, does anything stand out in this book? Is, are, are there any, is, is there any one or two pieces that really hmm. jump out at you as a, just that kind of blew your mind? Well, I'm, I'm happy to say there's a lot. Um... <laughs> What we were we were able to find two examples that we we ended up calling them the missing links. Ah, that's great. That show the transition from little folks oh, format yeah. to peanuts. This was the one. Okay. So, um, so there's a Shermie and a Charlie Brown. Well, one assumes it's Shermie. Yeah. And he's taking Charlie Brown fishing. Uh, this amazing. is only pencil. Um, you can actually see the graphite smudges on the paper. Yes. Uh, so he never went to ink on this, but this arguably yeah. is the first peanut strip um, before it was called that. And then the other one uh, was this one where it's a three-panel strip. It's raining, and uh, there's a newsboy who we presume is Charlie Brown yeah. and uh, the beagle and then the and then Snoopy walks by and then he says laissez-faire at the the end this had not this was known to exist but had not been officially published in a book uh, but this obviously he went to ink and um I whether he did this before or after he went to Universal feature yeah. features, I'm not sure. I, I'm, I'm happy to say <laughs> that is my Twitter background right now, that, that strip. And what I think is really interesting is it's not just, you know, um, early Charlie Brown and early Snoopy, but also I think it really kind of encapsulates the mood of Peanuts, you know, where there's a little bit of adult humor built into it where he's clearly not you know he's clearly not pandering to yeah what child says laissez yeah, exactly. not, uh, not and it's raining on Charlie Brown it's like all of the perfect <laughs> encapsulation of, of Charlie Brown and then there's a couple others here too and, and these did not this well he he, pence, he penned the, the name he okay. really wanted even though it was a strip now he really wanted to, to keep it the title Little Folks and uh, it was under copyright protection by somebody else. Mm-hmm. 
Um, it had not come up when the strip ran in the St. Pioneer Press, yeah. St. Paul Pioneer Saint Press. Paul, yeah. But now that they were going to go national with it, um, the, the, the strip that was before this that ran in the 20s that was called Little Folks was no longer running, but the name was still in yeah. copyright. And so um, um, somebody at United Features coined the term peanuts uh, quite possibly because of the Peanuts Gallery and Howdy Doody, the TV show. And Schultz notoriously hated it, yeah. but was willing to live with it because he was happy to be syndicated by one of the big syndicates. Sure. And, you know... This, 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 this. I think it speaks to what you were talking about a little bit before. But you know, there's, uh, there's the the three hole punches here. There's, yeah. I was, I was flipping through earlier, and there's, um, there's, there's product packaging, and, and I think that's kind of the brilliance of the book is that it's, you know, you could have just put together like, hey, here's some sketches you've never seen before, but the kind of the mass production, the 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 kind of the throwaway packaging. That's that's a big part of the overall story here. Yeah, and I, you know, it's. It's all supposed to be presented as artifacts. Yeah. And it's to recreate the experience for the reader that they're sifting through this stuff, too. They're just sifting through it in order. Yeah, that was Chip Kidd. Recorded that one back in New York Comic Con. Thanks so much to Gabby and, and Maya for setting that up. Uh, Chip Kidd is, is one of the few people in the world who I think you can legitimately refer to as a celebrity book designer. He's done a lot of awesome work with some very high-profile people. Uh, on the on the fiction side, he's, he's worked very closely with people like Haruki Murakami. Um, I mostly am familiar with his, his comic stuff. Uh, he did a, a book about uh, Jack Cole's Plastic Man with Art Spiegelman. He did a really uh, cool book about uh, uh, Japanese Batman comics. And this new book, which um, I, I received uh, just before the interview, we, we talked about it quite a bit. Um, uh, ran, you know, Random House agreed to send it to me, and, and I opened it up and uh, was was like was just sort of taken aback by by the size I expected it to be. Roughly the size of those uh, those those fanographics collections of the of the strips, but uh, it's it's significantly larger. It's you know it's, it's about the size of a, a Sunday strip. Um, it's really big and really beautiful and, and really kind of uh, kind of essential for anybody who's a big fan of, of Charles Schultz and Peanuts. It's called Only What's Necessary. It's out from Abrams right now. Highly recommend you pick it up. Uh, really fascinating book by a fascinating guy. Thanks so much to Chip for taking the time to do that. Uh, thanks. Thanks to Brian, as always, for editing the show together. Thanks to everybody at the Boing Boing Podcast Network. If you like this show, many other fine shows for you to check out. You can find those over at Boing Boing, or you can find them on iTunes. And uh, while you're over at iTunes, please take the opportunity to rate the show, because that's, uh, you know, when we say we, when we ask for people to come on and, and we send them links, it, it, it certainly helps when uh, we've got a, a few more uh, five-star reviews to put up there. Uh, what else? You can send us an email to rylcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Tumblr. That's the first and best place to get all of your RIYL related information. That's RIYLcast at gmail. Oh, excuse me. The Tumblr is RIYLcast.tumblr.com. This 
logic would dictate. Um, we've got a Facebook like us over there, and I think that's about all I've got this week. So uh, stick around. We'll be back just about this time next week with another episode of R.I.Y.L. R.I.Y.L.